The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. So in this episode, I'd like to talk about stress management as a process, the process of managing your stress. Because I don't really talk about that too much, but it's kind of putting everything together from the stress management world. And basically, the best way to start is with the definition of stress. I know you know what stress is, but let's be very clear about this. According to Webster Dictionary, stress is a state of mental tension and worry caused by problems in your life, work, etc., something that causes strong feelings of worry or anxiety. I don't like that definition because it's not very helpful to me. Um, The definition that I like and that I use is um, an emotional response to a situation that you don't feel you have control over. And I have no idea where I got this, but I didn't make it up myself. Uh, But for the life of me, I can't remember where I heard it or read it from. So unfortunately, I can't give proper credit. But anyway, um, I want to focus on the part of that definition you don't feel, emphasis on feel, because it is a perception which suggests that sometimes you may worry needlessly simply due to your perception not really being based in fact. So the first step in stress management is cognitive. I hate saying cognitive therapy because the word therapy has such a negative connotation to it, in my opinion, Uh, like you're mentally ill and need therapy, Um, because it's not like that at all. This is for anyone and everyone. In fact, I like to think of it as a mental exercise of sorts in being objective, because it's very hard to do, to separate yourself from your notions and beliefs. Uh, so that you can explore other possible, legitimate, plausible scenarios. So the classic case is my boss hates me. And you can probably point to numerous incidents that suggest that your boss hates you. Um, However, if you just take a moment and break away from that assertion, in other words, just for kicks, try to disprove yourself. And by doing this exercise, you'll either strengthen or weaken your current belief, whatever it is. So in this example, try to put yourself in your boss's shoes and try to imagine what different things may have led up to the events in question. So for example, uh, maybe your boss's boss is coming down hard on them for whatever reason. So now they have to kind of relay that message and that pressure on their entire team, which includes you. Hmm, That sounds like it could be a plausible explanation. And if you think about it a little more, why would your boss seemingly out of nowhere put so much emphasis on X, whatever it is? Hmm, that doesn't seem to make sense. And come to think of it, I did screw up on Y a while back, and 
Maybe it's taking time to earn the boss's trust again. Who knows? The point is that as a result of this exercise, you could very well do a complete 180 because the alternate scenarios and possibilities seem to be much more likely than the one you kind of jumped to or, or first believed in. That's happened to me personally. I interpreted a situation a certain way, but in hindsight, the more I thought about it, there was another possibility that was way more likely than what I was thinking. And what I was thinking didn't make any sense at all from a situational standpoint. <laughs> so just that little bit of time and logical deduction, that's the beauty of this exercise. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it is difficult because you're challenging your assumptions and you're acknowledging that you are indeed assuming, perhaps correctly, perhaps incorrectly. But you have to put aside for the moment what your actual beliefs are and acknowledge that only after giving it a good faith try to find other plausible angles or possibilities and not finding any, can you truly be confident that you're correct. And that's hard to do because in most cases, you're going to feel very strongly about what you believe. But the great thing about cognitive is that if you do realize that there's another more likely reason for how something went down, whatever, you're going to feel like a weight was lifted off you because you eliminated that stress. So you don't have to manage it. It's gone. There's nothing to manage. But let's say now that you're like, no, 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 no. I, I gave it a good faith effort and there just are no other plausible explanations here. So you can't prevent it from happening, the stress, because you already challenged yourself cognitively, which is difficult. So to your credit, you've already done that. And now you're even more convinced that you're right about whatever it is that's contributing to your stress. So let's go back to the definition of stress. An emotional response to a situation that you don't feel you have control over. Now I want to focus in on the part about control because do you have no control at all? Not even indirectly? Can you reduce the probability in any way of this same situation coming up again? Now, if you challenge yourself here, you may come up with one, two, three things that you can do to kind of control the severity or the frequency of what's happening, though you may not be able to fully control it. And so my point is to worry about the things that you identified that you can do, that you can control, and don't worry about what you can't control. If you don't worry about it, then by definition, by Webster's definition, you have less stress because you're not worrying. Now that might be easier said than done, but let me ask you something. When was the last time you worried about someday you're going to die? And I'm not talking about terminally ill patients. I'm, I'm just talking about your average, somewhat healthy adult. When was the last time you obsessed over the fact that you're going to die? Probably not recently, if ever. And why is that? Well, probably because you have no control over it. That's why. So you just try to make the most of each day. So my point is, why sweat the stuff that you can't control when you're not even worried about your eventual death, which is the most important thing, right? I mean, your very life, if you're not obsessing over that, 
if you're not worried about that all the time, then why worry about the other things you can't control, which are far less important? Except if you're worried about someone else's life, but that's different. I'm, I'm not talking about life and death situations here. So to the extent that you are not misrepresenting something in your head, um, it is happening to you. You're not crazy. And you may have some control over certain aspects, but there's a lot you can't control. So again, that is the definition of stress. And I understand, by the way, that there are different types of stress, uh, but in my opinion, there's overlap and some gray area there. I'm definitely talking about chronic stress, um, but also acute stress uh, to the extent that it happens frequently enough, uh, what they call episodic acute stress. But now what? Well, you can soften the blow in a number of ways. You can be proactive about stress management in general. And that would include making sure you get good sleep, good nutrition, uh, maybe try some relaxation techniques, meditation, yoga, deep breathing exercises, light physical exercise. You can also get stress-relieving treatments like massage therapy or acupuncture, uh, which I'm a big believer in. Uh, but that's more reactive in my opinion, although you can be proactive about it, but it's going to cost you. These are very expensive uh, treatments. And it's not really the answer. I mean, it buys you time, but you should really try to make the adjustments necessary so you don't need to, you know, keep running to the acupuncturist or, or getting the treatments in the first place. And um, we actually cover this topic in my discussion with Jessica Corvo. That's episode 50. Anyway, um, resilience training. To me, that would kind of fall between uh, proactive and reactive. Um, or you can go with chronic stress monitoring, the My Stress Alarm app, which is definitely more on the reactive side. And by the way, I wouldn't look at proactive as good and reactive as bad. It's not that black and white. If you're proactive about something, you could still benefit from the reactive. So just so we're on the same page, I define proactive as putting yourself in a position, in a better position, where you're reducing the risk of whatever it is you're being proactive about. Whereas reactive, you're making a decision on the spot, here and now, to take or not take a certain health risk, considering whatever data you have and, and circumstances, including the nature of what you're weighing against that health risk, namely your goals, if you're overworking. So, I don't see them as incompatible. I see them as working in tandem for a comprehensive stress management approach. I would argue also that we all have a proactive side and a reactive side in how we approach our health and wellness, including stress management. Now, with regard to behavioral change, the reactive is actually easier. I'll just say it. But it's also an easy step to take toward becoming more proactive while at the same time having the potential to reduce frequency and severity of your symptoms, which in turn allows you to be more focused on your goals because you're no longer preoccupied with the health issues. Now, I say potentially because it all really comes down to the, to the decisions you make, which there is no right or wrong, but it's the decisions you make based on the data and how you feel in other circumstances, and taking calculated risks. Well, that's my two cents for this week. 
I really value your feedback, so please don't be shy. You can post a comment on the Perfect Stress Facebook page or always feel free to email me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. Well, that's it for this week. Stay safe, wishing you good health and success, and thank you very much for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.